Chapter 5. The Silent Forest Wraith wanted to keep moving. Jane, Katie and Alec realised that it was time to leave. They entered the clearing, which led them into a dense thick forest. The thickness was due to overgrown rhododendrons, which wore and entangled each other. The forest floor was tangled with thick roots, making walking a challenge. Fortunately, a freshly cut grass path showed the way straight through. Who cuts the grass? asked Katie. No one answered her. I don't know. I've never been here before, said Wraith. Their feet glided along the slippery, damp surface of the grass. Alec began running forward and stopping purposely, causing him to slide. Katie, you try, he said excitedly. She ran forward and then skidded. Woohoo! This is so fun! Wraith, give it a go! Wraith shook his head dismissively. Come on, Wraith, let your hair down, said Jane as she hovered overhead. My hair is down, said Wraith, not understanding Jane's point. They skidded and slid through the forest along the grass path. Alec had begun to experiment with the sliding. He grabbed branches that hung and draped over the path. When the path dropped down a slope, he widened his arms and surfed down it. Katie playfully followed and copied and played with Alec. Wraith lagged behind. Jane perched on Wraith's shoulder and asked, Hey, what are you looking around for? Don't tell the others, but there have been tales of a beast that dwells in this forest. A beast? I haven't noticed any signs of wildlife here. Yes, it's quite eerie. Why not tell the others? They're having fun. I think Katie needs it. She has had quite a shock coming here. Jane gave an endearing smile and touched Wraith's cheek. You are quite sensitive towards her, aren't you? I have to be. It's imperative she makes it home and the quest is completed. Wraith stopped abruptly. He saw some overgrown rhododendrons move and shake. What is it? Is it the beast? Jane whispered. I can't see, Jane. Fly ahead and get the others. We must stay together. Wraith was left on his own. He looked frantically in all directions. The forest was deathly quiet. Now the bush had stopped moving. He decided that he must reunite with the others. He broke into a full sprint, knees high and arms pumping. Wind swept through his hair, causing it to trail behind. He reached the lip of a small slope and sprung over it. On landing, he slipped and lost his balance and skidded uncontrollably along the fresh grass and down a slippery slope to the bottom. His uncontrolled body came to a standstill at the ankles of Katie. He looked up from the floor to see her, coldly staring straight ahead into the thick undergrowth. I think it's in there, she whispered. Wraith was frightened. He didn't want the others to notice his fear. He remained looking confident and strong. He was frightened because the beast was an unknown. Alec was alert with his rod raised over his head, ready to cast. What are you going to do with that? said Wraith. I'm going to catch the beast. And then what? Reel it in? Well... I haven't thought that far. Okay, well, you saved that courageous plan until we have to bring the beast to us, smirked Wraith. Wraith, the bushes are moving again. What do we do? Jane cautiously asked. Wraith had no answers, so he did the only thing he could do when presented with an unknown threat. He pulled a karate pose. The bushes rustled and shook and came to another standstill. There was a moment of tranquility. The forest made no noise, and the newly formed group of adventurers were anxiously silent. 
Let's go. Don't sprint, but jog, commanded Wraith. They ran in a lined formation along the path. Jane flew overhead, desperately scouring the deathly silent forest. The bushes! They're moving again! Jane cried. The bushes to the right shook next to them. Whatever it was, it was running alongside them. Keep going, Wraith commanded. Suddenly, without warning, a large fur-covered beast sprang from the moving undergrowth. The beast jumped so high that it flew and soared over their heads. The beast aimed its claws for Jane, who was flying above. Wow! Jane shrieked as she quickly flew higher, narrowly missing the beast's grasp. Did you see that? said Alec. No, it was too quick. What was it? Katie asked. I won't forget it. It looked like a giant cat, Jane managed to say between gasps. Wraith said urgently, Keep running. It's tracking us. We need to get to that clearing in the forest. As they ran, the beast continued to track them. They made it, all in one piece, to the clearing in the centre of the forest. Wraith bravely said, Here is where we make our stand. I shall confront it. Grouped behind Wraith in a circular clearing, they faced back towards where they had come. There! It's over there! Straight ahead, about forty metres away! shouted Jane from high up. It's time I met this beast head on. I expect, compared to a polar bear, it will be an easy battle. Everyone stay behind me. I shall engage and end this beast. The hunted shall become the hunter. The rustling from the undergrowth travelled nearer at rapid pace. The movement reached a ten-metre distance and suddenly stopped. Come, beast, engage me. Are you afraid? Are you afraid of a mighty warrior such as I? I, who they call the terrible and mean, crazy warrior battler. Steady on there, Wraith. You want it to believe you, Alec said cheekily. Wraith turned to silence him, but as he turned his back, the bushes parted and out sprang a 300-kilogram ball of fur. It jumped far and gave no warning for Wraith to turn and react. The ball of fur engulfed him and it rolled and gripped the warrior with all four of its paws. A frantic craze of mayhem unfolded in front of the petrified onlooking group. Katie screamed, Wraith! Wraith, being expert in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, freed himself from the four strong, hairy paws and rolled safely from its reach. He flipped from the floor to a standing position. From a kung-fu stance, he extended his lead hand to guard, and just like Bruce Lee, he beckoned the beast to attack once more. It's not a beast, it's a giant cat, said Alec. The beast was a long-haired Norwegian forest cat. Its fur was so long it had embedded lots of sticks and leaves from the forest. I don't care what it is, it needs to be put down. Wraith ran with great speed towards his furry foe. The cat readied itself by crouching down low and wiggling its tail. Just before he reached the target, Wraith sprung from the floor with a flying side kick aimed at the cat's head. The cat, in a counter-move, instantly sprung backwards, waving its paws in the air. Wraith completely missed the cat and landed just beside its hairy pawed reach. The cat let off a flurry of paw strikes, which Wraith paired and blocked. The dancing strategic battle unfolded. For a while, Katie, Jane and Alec watched with bated breath. Whack, whack! Wraith was hit with two paw strikes from the cat. Jane and Katie covered their eyes. When they uncovered them, they thankfully saw that Wraith was unhurt and had resumed combat. It's playing, Wraith! It's playing! Katie said. How do you know, Katie? asked Jane. It's not using its claws. It's retracted them. My cat does that when it plays with me. 
Katie stopped and put her lips together, and making a squeaking noise with her lips, the cat stopped suddenly and turned and fixed its stare towards Katie. Oh no, it's going to come for us. Shall I get my rod out? said Alec. No, no, no. Look, it likes it. The cat's eyes softened and the crazy, excited look began to fade and it let out a purring chirp. The cat bounded towards Katie. Katie, run! shouted Wraith. No, look, she said, extending her hand. The cat's large head, which was about three metres in circumference, nuzzled against her hand, which looked tiny in comparison. She then used both of her hands to stroke each side of the cat's face. A long tongue popped out and licked her. It's not a beast, but a sweet cat. Why is it so big? asked Alec. My owner fed me jelly pouches and I couldn't stop eating them, said the cat. You can talk, said Katie. Yes, I can, purred the cat. A talking giant cat. I've seen it all, Wraith said, whilst picking himself up and dusting down his battle-worn tunic. Aren't you beautiful? Just look at you, Katie said adoringly. The cat turned its head to the side and Katie leaned in and placed her tiny cheek next to the cat's whiskers. The cat heard so loudly that everybody covered their ears. What's your name, my lovely? asked Katie. My name is Blue and I'm a girl cat. Of course. Why is your fur so black? My owners called me Blue because when I was a kitten my eyes were blue. Now they are dark blue with golden rings, Jane said as she bravely flew eye-level to Blue. Yes, they've changed colour when I grew. Why are you so big? You're as big as a baby whale, joked Alec. I got addicted to jelly pouches. My owner used to give me tinned food. One day a box appeared with silver-foiled wrapped envelopes inside. I still remember to this day the sound of it when my owner tore one open. He squeezed its juicy contents into a bowl. The smell of it made me try and eat the slippery contents from the air as it fell. One bag, just one bag, and I was hooked. In just a few days, I got through the first week's supply. Why did your owner allow this? Wraith asked. Because I nagged him until he fed me. I followed him and meowed everywhere, where he went, the toilet, the bathroom, the bedroom, when he was sleeping. There was nowhere left he could go, so he did as I asked. Soon I began to grow. One morning I jumped onto his bed to see him. I broke it into two, and I also knocked a door down as I pulled it open. My owner could not keep up with my addiction, so he fled. He feared that I may eat him. I tried running after him. I remember he stopped and looked at me, and then, for the first time, I spoke. Hey, Derek, please don't leave me, I said. I said... I think he hadn't met a talking cat before because he wet himself and ran away as fast as he could. To his credit for an old man, he really couldn't half run. What did you do after your owner left you? Katie said whilst stroking Blue's furry ears. Well, it wasn't long before men in white coats arrived at the door. I was given an injection and then I woke up here in this forest and, well, then through boredom and greed I decided to eat everything that moved. This is why nothing lives here, you big greedy cat. You've used this forest as your personal larder, Wraith said with anger and a hint of humour. Well, I got lonely and bored. I had no one to play with or cuddle me, Katie said endearingly. You are so sweet. I'll play with you. She looked around for some string, 
She found a long vine which hung from one of the trees. She gripped it with both hands and held it behind her. She looked over her shoulder and shouted, Blue! Blue's ears pinned back and it readied itself in a pounce position. Blue waited for Katie to be a good distance apart and then it sprang into action. Blue ran straight through the middle of the group. Hair and fluff swamped the cluster of bewildered watchers. Ugh! Ugh! ugh, It's in my mouth! I can't breathe! said Wraith. Blue's hair had wrapped itself around everyone as she bustled through. Katie was laughing hysterically while Blue chased her vine. It's alive! It's alive! shouted Blue as she chased the vine. Eventually, like the vine was prey, Blue caught the end of it and began gnawing and scratching it to pieces. Good girl! Good girl! Katie said as she rubbed Blue's head. My little tiger! Yes, I am your little tiger! replied Blue as she rolled around exposing her large fluffy tummy. This is so bizarre, said Wraith. We can quite clearly see it's a giant fat cat and not a tiger and this vine is not a snake. Why must this charade persist? And don't teach it to hunt. It's fat enough. She's having fun, Wraith. It's what kittens like doing. You should try relaxing a little. Wraith raised an eyebrow and shook his head and then said, Can we ride the beast? You mean Blue the cat, Katie said sharply. I guess it's possible, said Alec. I've ridden dolphins before, so a cat must be a walk in the park or forest. Using a squeaking noise made from her mouth, Katie called Blue. Blue ran and bounded up to her and pressed her mighty furry head into hers. Katie lost her balance and fell to the floor, laughing and giggling. She arose and grabbed Blue's head and cuddled it. Blue! We need to travel far and wide in search of a magical ball. We would love it if you joined us. Yes, you're my person now, purred Blue. Person? Yes, every cat has a person. Someone who feeds, strokes, cuddles and looks after them. Will you be my person, Katie? I would love to be your person. I can be your mummy. Oh, good, Wraith interrupted. Katie, we don't have time for this. Are you going to add a pet to our responsibilities too? Also, Blue, if Katie does all these things for you, what will you do in return? Her time is limited and precious. Blue thought for a while and said, I don't know, really. I usually make my person happy by only being in their company. What I do know is that I will learn my person's routine, behaviours and habits. What, so you can be fed and stroked? No, it's more than that. My person is everything to me and I will always be ready and waiting for my person. I love my person and my person will love me too. Wraith impatiently interrupted. I don't understand this cat-pet thing. Blue, can you be ridden? I have never been ridden before, but you can try, as long as I can be with Katie. Katie was overwhelmed. She loved that Blue wanted her. She had fallen in love with the giant ball of fluff. Oh, Blue, you are so adorable. Thanks for agreeing for us to ride you. It will be most helpful, and you can now be with us, away from this large, lonely forest. Wraith pulled the timer from his pocket and looked to see how much time had passed. Good, little sand has fallen from the squiggle, and we still have plenty of time for exploration. We must mount the cat and leave. Cat, lower yourself so we can climb aboard your back. Blue remained standing. Down, down! commanded Wraith. Blue looked the other way. She was unaware of her new self-appointed master. 
her attention had been caught by something deep within the forest. It was probably nothing, as she'd eaten everything within it. Blue, darling, sit down for mummy. Katie rubbed Blue's head, and she lowered herself to the ground. Wraith, you've quite a way with animals, joked Alec. This is why I prefer dogs. Dogs do as they're told, said Wraith. Cats are not to be commanded. When they choose to do things for you, it's out of love, said Katie defensively. Well, Katie, Blue's person, you can command her, Wraith said reluctantly. Katie climbed up onto Blue's large furry back and straddled her like a horse. Ha! Oh, I've never sat on a cat before. This is so fun, said Alec whilst climbing up using Blue's long fur as grips. He perched behind Katie and looked around from his elevated view. This is going to beat walking. You can see so much from up here. Riding with you, Katie, is going to be so much fun, said Alec and tickled both sides of Katie's ribs. She squeaked and giggled in surprise. Her mother was the last person to do that. Um, I will need to sit there, Alec, Wraith said. Why, Wraith? I'm comfortable now. I'm sure you are, but I need to steer and guide Blue. She is a strong animal. I shall need to keep her headed in the right direction. Can't you do that from the front? No, I need to make sure I can see Katie. She is the priority of this quest. Alec smiled and whispered in Katie's ear. He needs you where he can see you. This is just an excuse to cuddle me, isn't it, Wraith? said Katie. Wraith looked annoyed. Katie, I know many men you have frequented with would have jumped at such a chance, but my request is practical. I need to keep you from harm's way. Alex seems to be a good assistant, but if he was to fall, I would be keeping my eye on you. What star sign are you? asked Katie. I have no idea what you mean. When were you born? Somewhere in the second season of the year, replied Wraith. You're probably an Aries, a ram, pragmatic and driven, but can lack consideration for others when a plan is made. Katie, sometimes we just need to get things done, and right now we must do just that. Alec moved back, creating a gap. He cheekily patted the space between the two of them and said, I've warmed it up for you. At the scruff of Blue's neck, Wraith held her hair like the reins of a horse. Perched at the front, Katie sat secure in Wraith's arms. Ride onwards, mighty beast! Wraith changed his commanding tone to be more motivational, which she then listened to. Blue moved her large hairy paws towards a gap in the undergrowth and followed the path which took an unpredictable twisty route. Rotten branches lay across their path, but Blue, encouraged by Katie's giggles, hopped straight over them. Blue looked cumbersome and fat, but she surprised her passengers by suddenly stopping. All three passengers jolted forward, and Katie's head disappeared into a thick, dark rug of fur. Wraith immediately sat bolt upright. His face was red with anger. "'Why have you stopped?' shouted Wraith. Blue did not reply, for her eyes were transfixed again on something deep within the undergrowth. Flying high above, Jane shouted, "'Oh no! She spotted a living thing!' Lowering her head close to the floor and leaving her back legs up, Blue readied herself. Blue! No! No, Blue! It was too late. Not even Katie, Blue's special person, could break her intense focus. Blue sprung high and fast from her powerful hind legs and carried her bewildered passengers deep into the tangled undergrowth. Leaping and running through runs and holes, tunnelled in the bushes, Blue sped at lightning speed. Leaves and branches hit all of their faces while they clung tightly to her back. 
You fat cat, you don't need any more food. I command you to stop, shouted Wraith. Impervious to any command, Blue's ears were pinned back flat to her head. She was on a direct mission to catch her prey. For an overweight feline, she can't half move, laughed Alec. A rabbit was spotted by Katie far in the distance. It was running for its life. Blue gained ground and now was only a few metres away from the fleeing rabbit. Katie shrieked hysterically for her to stop, but it fell on Blue's furry deaf ears. Blue swiped with her giant paw and this time her claws were out. Her razor-sharp daggers narrowly missed the rabbit's white fluffy tail. Katie covered her eyes with one hand. As she did, Blue immediately changed direction. The change was so sudden that she almost fell but was saved by Wraith's strong arm. She pulled her hand away from her eyes to see a large fishing rod hung over all of their heads. Alec had assembled his rod, which he carried folded in his mac, and was now using it to distract and lead Blue away from the petrified rabbit. At the end of the line, dangling just outside of the cat's greedy reach, was a fish. Amazingly, he stored fish in his mac too. Brilliant, Alec. Well done. That rod of yours has many uses, said Wraith. That's my first well done said Alec proudly. You have earned it, said Wraith righteously. They turned around and noticed that the rabbit had frozen still. It's okay, little fella. You're all right now. Fish tastes much better than you, Alec said, whilst distracting Blue with his rod. The rabbit began to move and dropped its ears and said, That fat cat, it's eaten all my friends and enemies, and now almost me. Is this your cat? Katie empathised with the rabbit and said, Yes, rabbit, she is mine, but she won't be bothering you any more. We're taking her away. Well, I'm glad you are. Luckily, my wife and I didn't fall victim to the beast. We're the last rabbits and living things left. Well, rabbit, you've got the forest to yourself. Why don't you do what rabbits do best? And what's that? Populate it. Um, well, I'm waiting to become a dad but I'm not sure I'm ready. You've been saying that for far too long. Excuse after excuse, said another high-pitched voice from deep within the undergrowth. Another rabbit had emerged. Sandra, I didn't stay hidden until the beast had gone. You never listen to anything I say. Well, if you ever cleaned our warren, then maybe I would. I clean the outside so we can dive in and out when needed. I'm not concerned about the outside. I'm concerned about the leftover carrot tops and droppings that you leave inside. You wouldn't be saying that if the beast had caught you the other day. My clear entrance allowed us to escape in time. Wraith was growing impatient with the new rabbit soap opera, which had the makings for several episodes, and said, We don't have time to listen to rabbit domestics. Think yourselves fortunate and be on your way. Wraith, our cat has had a terrifying impact on their lives. The least we could do is listen and apologise for Blue. Mr Rabbit, what is your name? Katie asked calmly. It's James. I've met a James in the palace. Yes, he's a shapeshifter and he copied me. OK, James, it seems that you and Sandra are not understanding each other. How long have you been together? Well, I'm a year old, so a couple of months. Well, James... You two are going to be together for a long time and will make many bunnies together, so it's important you both strike up an understanding. And what would that be? James, you help clean the house, and Sandra, you must give him praise for keeping the entrance clear. James, you have to learn to commit, as rabbits become parents very quickly. 
Well, I guess I can't run and hop around with my friends anymore because the beast has eaten them. So I'm ready. Lady of the Beast, what is your name? Sandra asked. I'm Katie and the beast is a cat called Blue. Thanks, Katie. Many females have tried settling this one down and it seems you have helped me do it. Remember, parenting is a team, Katie said wisely. Do you have children of your own? Sandra asked curiously. No, I don't, but one day I want a litter, like you two will have. You're a very wise beast lady, thank you, James said. Steady on with that, you haven't seen her wild side, Alex said, and Wraith laughed with him. Shush, boys, don't ruin my moment. We must leave, I'm on a timer, good luck. Follow the fish, roared Alec. Wraith smiled contently because his team were now beginning to understand their purpose.